The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Russ Berlin, Chief Compliance Officer at Inventive Technologies, for another episode. First of all, Russ, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate being here. Russ, interestingly, you took a little bit of a detour from the role I knew you as, as the anti-bribery, anti-corruption compliance specialist into privacy. And I was wondering if you could share with our audience how you got interested in privacy from your role as a CTO and other companies and how that has facilitated you in your current role as the chief compliance officer at Aventive Technologies. In terms of my timeline as outside counsel, I found that a number of clients were needing to address privacy issues, that the available resources were generally European, and the questions that they are asking were generally domestic. So it was a need that needed to be met. So I went ahead and got with the IAPP and went through their program to become certified as a U.S. privacy professional. And that addresses the really weird structure of privacy we have in this country We have a very segmented view, which if you happen to hit the right topic, there may be privacy rules. If you happen to be in the right state, there may be privacy rules. But we certainly lack the comprehensive approach that we do in Europe with the GDPR. It was really meeting felt client needs at that point. And then beyond that, I look at privacy as another form of risk management, just like compliance is. It's about, you know, here we have these expectations. We have rules, we have laws, and we need to come up with a framework that allows us to comply with those, that allows us to meet individual needs in that area, and then ultimately, if there's some potential violation, to investigate those. So it really is the same framework. It's just we're not talking about FCPA or money laundering or trade sanctions. We're talking about the legal framework that goes with privacy, but the toolbox is the same. And the expectations, we're not talking about things like as much integrity and ethics. We're talking about privacy values, and those vary quite a bit between us and Europe. You know, here I've decided that the U.S. looks at privacy almost like consumer protection. We don't want to get ripped off. In the EU, they look at it as a human right. And they've had some history, particularly around World War II and some of the regimes at that time that really gathered a tremendous amount of information and then abused it and hurt and actually killed a lot of people with that information. And so they look at it as human right. We look at it as consumer protection, and we have very different frameworks that have come out of that. So anyway, in the U.S., we had a need. I felt like I needed to meet it. And now that I'm with Eventive, you know, we have a, uh, we're working very actively to make sure we're meeting all the different compliance, privacy compliance requirements. The one that's on top of mind for everyone is California because it has the most comprehensive requirements. 
And those requirements seem to change on a daily basis. The attorney general there has just issued the second set of modifications of the draft regulations of how to meet those privacy requirements. So it's sort of like getting to the offense of football and someone's calling audibles and we're all shifting with it. So we're not exactly sure where it's all going to land, but we're working very hard to make sure we're going to meet it. Russ, you bring up an interesting or perhaps even more than interesting key point about privacy in the U.S., which is at this point there is no national law. And many folks are scratching their head wondering if Congress will ever do anything, but that's left it to the 50 states. California has led the effort, at least in terms of passing legislation. How can you think through crafting a privacy policy that might literally have to apply to or satisfy 50 different laboratories of experimental laws as the states in the U.S. wants? You know, that is difficult. I think right now we have nine state laws that apply to privacy. Two of them are still to be uh, become effective out there. I think we're still waiting for Maine and Nevada to come online. But what we've done is tried to meet the most stringent requirements and then make that the national standard. And right now, with a few exceptions, California is the most stringent standard. And so we've written our policies and our procedures and our training to meet California requirements. And in general, the rest of the states are somewhat less than that. So if we meet the California requirements, we generally meet the rest of them. But as I said, there's a few exceptions. Illinois has a biometrics provision that's a little bit different. And I think Maine is going to have some elements that are a little bit different. But it is a moving target. But we're just trying to find the most restrictive of all of those and make that our national target for what we're trying to do. Russ, with your certification in privacy, are you a part of a a broader discussion of privacy professionals who are trying to educate legislatures and legislators around what might be appropriate, or are these internal discussions uh, you and your privacy certified colleagues are having? Well, at this point, it tends to be more internal. I'm certainly not part of any lobbying effort to try to fix what those standards are going to be. I tend to be more on the team of, you know, someone has done something, we're going to respond to it. But I could see that smarter people than I could come up with a, a great framework that would meet a lot of expectations and requirements, possibly having some similarities to GDPR, but maybe with some different flavor because of the way that we deal with that in the U.S. But I've got enough to do. I think I'll stay off of that stage for a while. Russ, what was the reaction internally in your organization? Was it along the lines of, oh my gosh, yet another compliance requirement we have to follow, and here's the chief compliance officer, Dr. No from the land of no, or do they appreciate that this could actually be enhanced business operations and might make your company more efficient, if not more profitable, or at least help in other areas? You know, I have been nothing but thrilled by the response that my company has given to how we can do things better, how we can operationalize compliance and make it even a stronger part of a strong culture that's already there. Really, I've been thrilled about that. The view is, look, we have to do these things. Let's figure out a way that we can do them and make the company better at the same time. So it's been a thrilling place to work. Russ, obviously the privacy discussion is going to continue. Many companies are international in scope, so they've had to deal with Europe and the GDPR going forward, but it's going to be something that's 
and become more important on the plate of the compliance practitioner. I'd like to end with asking you, are there any resources you might suggest if there are listeners who want to move to learn about this area or the certification that you've been able to achieve in this area? Yeah, I think the IAPP is a fantastic group. They have been really timely in the way that they provide information. And I love that they have the certification out there. And so there isn't sort of this question of whether you're in or not. If someone's certified, you have expectations because it's not easy. There's a lot of information to learn. There's a proctored exam that has to be taken. And it's difficult, frankly, to do. But it's well worth it. And anybody who's in compliance that's interested in participating in the privacy area, I can only encourage you that it's a great idea. It is such an area of interest. It is such an area where people are looking to make sure that they're in compliance, that resources are being dedicated. And I think the IAPP is a great place to go. Russ, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to visit with me over this podcast series. And I look forward to having you back again. All right. Thank you, Tom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.